Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. We're going to look at a famous story. Most of you probably heard of it. Even if you haven't heard of it, it's okay. It's from the book of John. You just read it. And ever since this time, Thomas, we just heard about, has been stuck with the label Doubting Thomas. Now, it's really not fair. Because the Bible is full of people who doubt. People have doubted throughout time. In fact, even here today, there's plenty of people that doubt. I have doubts from time to time. And there are different ways that we doubt. Some of you may have doubted in the past for intellectual reasons. Maybe you read something in a book that talked about the resurrection being a myth or a fairy tale. And you had to work through those doubts. Or maybe you have showed up on Sunday morning and you've heard plenty of sermons about the proof of the resurrection to address those doubts. And I think there are legitimate arguments for the validity of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Those are intellectual doubts. I'm not going to talk about that today because that's not Thomas's issue. Others doubt for moral reasons. Some people will say, I don't believe in the resurrection. It's just a fairy tale. All those miracles are not real. And the real reason why they do not believe is because they have moral issues where they want to be in charge and not submit to God. I just moved here from, like I said, Chicago or in the Evanston area with Northwestern University. And half my church was college students, so I kind of did a big swing here in the village from one to the other. <laughs> we can talk about that later. But... But sometimes when, when college students would come up and say, you know, I'm, I'm doubting, I don't know if I believe the resurrection, I ask them, what are you into? What sin are you into right now that's clouding your judgment? That would be considered moral doubt. And I don't think Thomas is dealing with moral doubt. He's a God-fearing Jew who obeyed the law. He had no issue with following the law of God. So if Thomas's doubt is not intellectual, he's seen the miracles. He walked with Jesus. He doesn't have intellectual issues with the resurrection. And if Thomas's doubt is not moral, he's not trying to live his own life. He was following Christ. Then how do we describe his doubt? Here's the deal. Thomas's doubt is like a lot of you and me and a lot of us. It's the doubt that we kind of all share together. And if we can pinpoint, put our finger on why he's having issues believing, we can pinpoint, put our finger on our hearts and see when we have issues as well. So what is the form of Thomas's doubt? Let it unfold. Let's go through the passage again. John chapter 20, verse 24. I'll be putting these on the screen. Verse 24 says that Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. Thomas was not in the room when Jesus appeared to his disciples on the night of the resurrection. Where was he? 
Some believe that after events that happened on Friday as he saw Jesus crucified on the cross and buried, Thomas wanted to get away and be alone. But the other disciples caught up with Thomas, as we see in verse 25. Verse 25 says, So the other disciples were saying to him, We have seen the Lord. Now you would think these disciples are credible witnesses telling Thomas that Jesus walked into the room, they saw him with their own eyes, they, they saw the scars on his hands and the wound in his side. This should be good news, right? Mm. Not for Thomas. Back to verse 25. So the other disciples were saying to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the imprint of the nails and put my finger into the place of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. You see what Thomas is thinking about? He's thinking about Good Friday when Jesus was on the cross. That's when he saw him. He saw him buried. And you people are telling me that he rose from the dead. Well, I'm not going to believe it until I can take my hand and just stick it right there where those nails were. And he says, in fact, I want to take my hand. And just like that spear was thrust through his side and blood and water poured out, and that was proof that he was dead, I want to take my hand, I want to thrust it to his side. Until I do those things, I will not believe. What's his deal? Is it intellectual? Has he not seen enough miracles? Is it moral? Does he want to live a certain way? Little flashback here. I'm gonna give you two. Two little flashbacks, a little backstory on Thomas that I think may be helpful. There was a time when Jesus' friend, his name was Lazarus, he died. And Jesus said, I'm gonna go and raise him back to life. And the disciples said, No, 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 you're not going, Jesus, because if you go, then you're gonna get killed. And this is what Thomas said to that. John 11, verse 16. Therefore, Thomas, who was called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. <laughs> that is not doubting Thomas. That is courageous Thomas, ready to go all the way with Jesus and die with him. Second story, back story. A little background on Thomas. And it comes to the most famous verse that many of you have known, you've memorized. It's that passage in John 14, that verse is John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus said to him, who, who's the him? Huh. Well, you know, that's actually a response to Thomas's question. Jesus told his disciples, I'm going away. In fact, I'm going to go away and prepare a place for you, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to take you with me. And by the way, you know the way to where I'm going. And you know what Thomas said to that? He said in John 14, 5, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? You can almost hear the fear and concern in his voice. Thomas loves Jesus and wants to be with him. And if Jesus goes away, then Thomas is wondering how he can get to Jesus. Backstory. And now we come to our passage today. Thomas hears about the resurrection. You know what he says? He says, no way. I am not going there. I am not going there. He's given his heart. He's given his life to Jesus Christ. But all his dreams have come crashing down because now 
Jesus is dead and Thomas is still left. Thomas was supposed to die. When Jesus died, he was all in. But now Jesus is gone and, and Thomas is still left. And in his mind, he's not going to be burned again. <laughs> this isn't intellectual doubt. This isn't moral doubt. The kind of doubt that we're talking about here is the kind of doubt that you experience as well. And it's the doubt based upon shattered expectations. Shattered expectations. Thomas expected things to play out in a certain way. And Jesus wasn't supposed to die. And if Jesus died, then Thomas was supposed to die with him. But now Jesus is dead and Thomas is left. And in his mind, he can't go to Jesus at the cross, all his expectations and world were blown apart. And here are the disciples telling him about the resurrection. And he's like, I am not going to go there again. I don't know about you, but I, I can relate. I can relate to the reality of having this a lot of expectation on the way things are supposed to go in my life. And they get blown up. And I know I, not just expectations, but I can relate to me going along in life and something terrible happened. Something tragic happens. I mean, I'm only, I'm only 47 years old, just in case you wanted to know. <laughs> but I've talked to a lot of people in my church, and they're older than me. And they tell me their life, and I just sit there, and I cannot believe how tragedy has compounded upon tragedy. I hear stories. I've experienced stories in my extended family, in my personal family. I hear stories of death. I hear about divorce. I hear about sickness that wasn't expected. I hear about abuse. I can talk to people in their 70s and their 80s and talk about abuse they experienced as a child that's still with them today. All these things have happened in our lives. And when they do, we dip down into doubt and we wonder, God, are you there? Do you care? Do you love me? Is it, is it going to get better at all? Thomas knows. He was there. What's going to happen here? We'll look at verse 26. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. <laughs> he had eight days to think about it. For eight days, the truth of the resurrection was sit with him. Verse 26 again. After eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors having been shut, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. We could rename Thomas, Doubting Thomas to Freaking Out Thomas. <laughs> There's no need to, for alarm here because Jesus says, peace be with you. Jesus doesn't get in there and say, where's Thomas? Get over here right now. He says, peace be with you. He doesn't go off on Thomas. And I believe that when you're struggling to believe and you dip into a season of doubt, I don't believe he's going off on you either. I don't believe that God has shown up in your doubt to crush you, to stomp you. I believe he brings the words to you that he brought to Thomas. Peace be with you. I learned this week about a guy. I 
hear these stories all the time, that all of a sudden he was crushed with chronic pain. And not only of chronic pain, be a chronic pain that the doctors could not explain. It's the worst. And he, he's had a very difficult life. And as the chronic pain has come upon him, he, he talks about his relationship with God. And I'm going to share with you the cleaned up version. This is the edited version. Come on, God. You know my story. You were there when my neighbor abused me as a child. You know how awkward and alienated I felt throughout adolescence. You know how I've struggled with anxiety and depression my entire adult life. I'm starting to see sunlight to get a little relief. And then this happens? Really? Maybe that's where you are right now. That life, or you would say it, God is just piling it on. And Jesus comes to you and he says, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. But Jesus is not going to let you stay in your doubt. He's going to challenge you gently and push you toward faith in the reality of Him. Look how He challenges. Look how He challenges Thomas in verse 27. Then He said to Thomas, Reach here with your finger and see my hands. And he reach here with your hand and put it into my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believing. He challenges his belief unbelief head on and says, come on, see, touch, believe, see my wounds, touch them, and believe. Now for Thomas, all this expectations, everything, all it, it all starts to come together. And one of the best verses, think in the Bible right here, is in verse 28. It says, Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. He doesn't say, well, I guess those disciples are right. Wow, Jesus, you really are alive. I can't believe it. Wow, it's true. I believe that. No, he says, my Lord and my God. You see, he sees that something is bigger going on than all his expectations, that God has opened his heart and his mind to proclaim in worship, my Lord and my God, because what Thomas is doing here, he's believing far more than the resurrection. He's proclaiming Jesus as God. And Jesus, as God, had a grand plan beyond Thomas's expectations. That's so much better than what he was expecting. And Thomas is like, my Lord and my God. I don't know all that, what he was expecting, but here is what the Son of God has done. He has come down to this earth to live a perfect life. He came to be on the cross. And the reason why he was on the cross is because we do not live perfect lives. And he took the Father's wrath in our place. I know some of you might not like to talk about wrath, but it's the reality. No wrath, no gospel. In our place, he took the Father's wrath that we deserve for our sin. He was buried. Three days later, he rose again. Now, here's the good news. Those throughout time, right, over the last 2,000 years, every single person here, the good news is you can put your faith in Jesus Christ and be forgiven and live forever. Now, I don't know what Thomas was expecting, but that's far better. That's far better. I don't know what he had in mind, but that's far better. The Son of God, my Lord and my God, came to save sinners. And that's good news. I'm not quite sure all that you're expecting to happen in life. And I know some of you would think, you know, I'm simply expecting not to have pain. 
I'm simply hoping that my kids call me one day, right? I'm simply not wanting tragedy to strike for at least six months. Is that possible? I'm not sure all that you're expecting, but I do know this. It's not wrong to pray in a certain direction, and it's not wrong to be disappointed. But I'm telling you, when you go through these seasons and you dip down into doubt, you've got to come back and say, my Lord and my God. And when you say that, what you're saying, you're saying, Jesus, you are Lord and God over my life. And if you're sitting there right now and you're wondering if God cares and he loves you, hey, I can't explain why all the stuff has happened to you, but I can tell you this. God's love is legit and I have proof. And that proof is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And all I know is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, if you trust in him, I can say with confidence in the midst of all your pain and tragedy that God is working for your good and for his glory. That's all I know. I don't know why things happen to you. I don't get it. I understand. I understand. I, I would love to share with you some of the stuff that's happened to me, but the reason why I don't want to tell you is because you have your own horror stories. We all have our tragedies. When we find ourselves dipping down into doubt, we've got to come back and say, okay, God, I don't understand why this happened, but I look to the cross and the resurrection, and I know you are working for my good and your glory, and chances are, I'm not going to see how it plays out in this life, but I'll see it when I'm with you. Something I want to share with you here at the end. There's a few more verses that are so powerful. Look at verse 29 to the end. Jesus said to him, Because you've seen me, have you believed? Blessed are they who did not see and yet believed. Therefore, many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of disciples, which are not written in this book. These have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Did you see that? These are written so you may believe. And don't just think you believe one time and then you just coast, 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 that you're with Jesus. Because when you believe, I'm just telling you, maybe some of you are new Christians, you're going to have challenges to your faith. And you're going to have some ups and some downs. And faith is not a one-shot deal. You want to wake up the next day and trust Christ. And continue to trust Him. And trust Him. And trust Him. And there's got to be these dips. And there's going to be these ups and downs. And I know that some of you are right there in one of those dips right now. And you're wondering, well, I'm in this dip right now. How can I move from doubt to faith that believe God is really working for my good and His glory? How can I believe that? So if you're in a dip right now, I mean, I... I I dip often, more often than I would like, where I struggle. I struggle. It's like, why is this happening to me? So I want to share three things with you. Three things with you that I find helpful. I think you would as well. And the first one is this. Talk to God, not just about Him. If you're one of those dips right now, just, just come to the Lord and say, Lord, here's what's going on. And of course, he knows. But tell him. Pour out of your heart to him. Don't just complain to your friends or your neighbors or your spouse. Well, why is this happening? Stop that. Talk to God. Another thing that really makes sense to do is, is get in the Word, not in the world. John says, these have been written so that you may believe. 
These have been written so that you may believe and keep on believing. One of the biggest mistakes you can make when you're down is to separate yourself from the Word of God because you need the Word of God because it's written so that you may believe and keep on believing. Don't separate yourself from the Word. And the last one is the one you really don't want to do. It's lean into community in that way. And that's true, right? When we're, when we're hurting, we're doubting, we don't want to be around people. Right? I mean, some of you don't want to be around people most of the time, but when you're doubting, you really don't want to be around people. And that's the time you need to lean in. I don't know if you're part of the community. I don't know if you're part of the church. We're, we're glad you're here, but this is not our main thing. There's like other days of the week going on. We're doing this for an hour 15 per week. It's not our main thing. I know it may seem like it, but our main thing is being in each other's lives. Whether that's in small groups or whether that's in Sunday school or being in each other's houses, we want to encourage one another and get this. I know we look really good, especially the choir this morning, but we all have issues and we all struggle. And you may think that we're shocked with your issues. Oh, you'll be shocked with ours. Because we struggle. And we want to move from doubt to faith. And when we did, we want to encourage one another, spur one another. Don't isolate yourself. I know it's easy to do. Don't do it. So here's the deal. I'm going to give you eight days. Thomas had eight days. I'm going to give you eight days. I know you can't sort your life all out now and work through all your doubts now, but how about over the next eight days? So whether you have believed for the first time today or the thousandth time you're trusting Christ over and over again, over the next eight days, process to the Lord in prayer with brothers and sisters through the word. Process your dip. Process your doubts. May the people, word, prayer, bring you to persevere in faith. Because I can say with confidence that God has a great plan that he's working in the life of followers of Jesus Christ. And I guarantee it is a great plan because it's centered on his life, death, and resurrection. And so I can say with confidence to those who are followers of Christ, God is working for your good and his glory. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way, guided by God's Word.